0: Listen to more conversations about work, both hot takes and thoughtful takes, with me, Carl Javier, and Jackie Caniza on The Imaginable Workplace. Check it out on Spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts.
1: independent, nonpartisan electoral institution is urgently needed. COMELEC is currently not that body. It needs a major overhaul. The problems with it just go on and on. There are extrajudicial killings, enforced disappearances, illegal arrests and massive red tagging. Like the, the diversity of the crimes is cruelly enormous. Then there should be no involvement of the military in any aspect of the election. That should be just a given. So, these are some of the reasons why we concluded that the election was not fair, free, or honest.
0: That's former Australian Senator Lee Rhiannon. She's one of the commissioners of the International Coalition for Human Rights in the Philippines. They're a part of what's called the International Observer Mission, who came here to monitor the 2022 elections. I'm Frank Luna, Puma Podcast. In this episode, we're going to take a look back at May 9, this time from the eyes of the international poll watchers who monitored the precincts on the ground. The Commission on Elections went so far as to call the May 9 polls the best elections that the country has seen so far. But that's not what foreign poll watchers saw.
2: We were there during the election. And the days before that, there was a lot of movement in the street. We saw that people were really busy. And we actually went to the people's houses and we saw people coming with the money. They gave the money to the people and then went to the next house. So the, the candidates and the people helping them actually had lists of all the voters of the Byron guy and went from house to house to give them money with a name of a candidate or a little list of the candidates.
0: That's Mika Vandenbroek of the Progress Lawyers Network, which is based out of Belgium. She was one of over 60 international observers who visited the country in May. Mika and her team went to barangays in Samar and say they found rampant vote buying that took place even during election day itself
2: where we actually saw that there was a checkpoint in the barangay. This was in the south of Samar. And the barangay captain said that there was actual pressure on all of the people to not vote for certain parties. And the reaction of the military was to put checkpoints in the community and to be really harsh and severe and to, to red tag as a direct result and punishment for the voting of the people for the wrong party lists.
0: As a result, the IOM's final report called the 2022 Philippine elections, quote unquote, a classic guns, goons, and gold contest.
2: It was really, really rampant and nobody asks questions, just takes the money. The day of the election, we went to Several Barangay to watch what happened. We saw that the election was well, it was organized, although people had to stand in line for hours and hours. But what we also saw so at that time was that the vote buying kept on going on. So in one barangay, there was the barangay captain had put up a tent and kept distributing the, the list and the money. Of course, they, they hid it for us, but people told us anyway.
0: Although vote buying is an age-old problem, election watchdog Kontradaya, the local partner of the IOM, said that one new feature this time around was the spate of disinformation flooding social media. And Contradaya convener Danilo Arao says the Comelec did little to address this. We cannot stress enough the mockery that informed our election cycle because of this. And surprisingly, the Comelec is not really, you know, very much alarmed by it. And I doubt if they've conducted an investigation as to who faked this particular resolution that allegedly (music) disqualified We're pausing for a quick break. Now, after this, more examples of voter intimidation from the IOM team. But first, a message from our sponsors. You've been on top of your game all day. So when you get home, all you want is to de-stress by streaming a virtual concert and wind down by binge-listening episodes of your favorite shows and podcasts. And for that, you need a connection that keeps up with you. That's PLDT Home, the Philippines' fastest home broadband. With a fiber-only plan, you can get up to 100 Mbps of only fiber and whole-home Wi-Fi coverage, letting you and your family make the most of what a digital lifestyle has to offer. Find out more about PLDT Home's fiber-only plan and save up to three thousand six hundred pesos and earn up to two hundred pesos in cashback. Visit www.pldthome.com/fiber.
2: What we found was that the elections and the political system in the Philippines are not very fair and clean, (laughs) even the opposite. At the beginning, you think that it's a democracy because there is a lot of candidates, but when you look closer, you see that a lot of these candidates have the same names.
0: Again, that was Mika Vandenbroek of the Progress Lawyers Network in Belgium. In its full report, the International Observer Mission called for the blacklisting of poll machine provider Smartmatic a review of the entire automated election system, and formal investigations into election irregularities. It also called out the dynastic politics and abuse of the party list system in the Philippines. And for the IOM, the international community has a bigger role to play too, beyond just observing election. Here's IOM Commissioner Lee Riannon again.
1: The other major failing was the lack of engagement from Western powers, from governments who say they uphold human rights and democracy, but don't speak out when such shocking crimes occur. And we need to ask how can the global community help democracy in the Philippines? When I think we're talking about the difficulties in one area, and it reminds us of the importance to have a global movement that really is keeping the pressure on, um, and there's nothing like the public voice to force change.
0: Among other things, Lee called on Western governments to adopt the Global Magnitsky Act. Under it, the U.S. can sanction foreign government officials deemed to be human rights offenders. Because election offenses, as far as they're concerned, are violations of basic human rights.
1: I've got to say that one of the most alarming comments I remember hearing when evidence was presented came from a voter who said they were scared during the election campaign. It really resonated with me. Why were people scared? Because they're fearful that something bad would happen to them or their loved ones. And it often did.
0: And that was today's episode of TeKaTeKa. Again, I'm Franco Luna. This episode was edited by Presh Capistrano and produced by Kat Ventura. If you like this episode, share it with a friend or two. And of course, don't forget to follow takataka and from a podcast wherever you listen. We're excited to build our community with you, and it looks like we'll be able to meet for events real soon. So if you want to stay in the loop, please go to pumapodcast.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?